Irish fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am your guy, SD2 Mike Sean Davis, the original Lucky Lefty himself, that dude right there, Malik Zaire. It's a lot to talk about, man. It's a lot to talk about. Normally, you know, when we do the wrap-up show, we have a couple of excerpts from Brian Kelly talking about the post-game, but we're actually just going to give you a couple of quotes. And also, we have some quotes from Bronco Mendenhall that were uh, very complimentary of a certain coach on the Notre Dame staff. And uh, But the same thing, I might have to put, I might, when we do the slant, I might have to put Bronco on the petty truck. I might have to throw him on there. So, of course, yeah, the slant coming up a little later today. Let's start out. 28-3 win. It's a snooze fest, bro. Snooze fest. It was a straight-up snooze fest. And it it sounds so ungrateful. It does. It sounds ungrateful. I know a lot of people would take, you know, you won by 25. Well, we told you, I told you on the preview show that I wasn't taking anything less than 50 points from this offense because Virginia's awful defensively. Just awful. And once again, the theme for Notre Dame, when they were struggling offensively early in the season, and even now, when they've righted the ship with the offensive line and the quarterback situation. They continue to leave points on the field. They continue to leave points on the field. Like Virginia virtually didn't do anything. No. We continue to not convert on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Fumble right in front of the end zone. Yep. I don't know if we got up by 21. They must have heard the preview show, get up by 21. But it didn't mean get up by 21 and chill. <laughs> I mean, we did say if they got up by 21, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. And this, they did it in the first. This is not BYU. This defense is going to hold everything intact. I will say the bright spot, somebody we have been talking about on this team, we love his physical attributes because I love athleticism. Sometimes we just worry whether or not playing in a slot or playing defensive back, playing cornerback, whether or not he had the ball skills to be able to really translate and take that next step. But man, let me tell you the range that that dude, Ramon Henderson showed on Saturday night. Shoot. Yeah. We, Look, you, you secretly see that we really got guys. That, like, see, that is, that's the really key. Got guys. You have guys. And, and we're going to get to this, man, because we, We hear Notre Dame fans talking about being happy about what has been created by these players and by Brian Kelly in the last four years. And and we want to, as a podcast, kind of pull your mindset away from accepting what is. So this is what I want to say about that. When was the last time you saw an article about McDonald's cheeseburgers back in the 90s and whether or not and whether or not they taste as good today as they did in the 90s. Yeah, you know. <laughs> has, has, 
Has anybody written an article about whether or not the Big Mac is the same? No. The quarter pounder with cheese is the same. No, nobody is. Nobody like is. the most most people will talk about is like, man, McDonald's still has some good fries. Yeah, but right, it's McDonald's. It's been there. Right. Like, or you you hear people say, man, bring that Shamrock Shake back, or bring the McRib back, or yeah. man, I'm so happy they brought the High C Orange back. Right? It's always right. a comeback. The comeback is all available for you when you're a brand. That's right. And see, we have to realize as fans that Notre Dame is a brand. Notre Dame was a brand when Todd Willingham was here. Yeah. Notre Dame was a brand when Bob Davies was here. Like, brand would never I don't care who the coach is. Yeah. I don't care who the coach is. Notre Dame is the brand. Yes. And Notre Dame is going to continue to be the brand. That's right. That's it. That's it. So it's like, you have to go beyond accepting what people give to you about your brand. That's like Notre Dame is excellence. Notre Dame is excellence. And we shouldn't expect anything but excellence. Like yeah. that's it. That's it. That's and it. I know it, it. This might sound crazy, right? Waking up as a fan, I'm talking about and maybe, you know, I know people want to talk about the SEC, schools in the SEC academically don't measure up to Notre Dame, this, that, and the other. All they care about is football. That's all they care about in the South is football. All of those things are true. But as a fan base. Yeah, all those things wrong. are very true. Very true. <laughs> but it's nothing wrong as a fan base. It's nothing wrong with waking up saying, yo. We want more. If we don't win the championship, we don't win a national championship this year. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Exactly. Exactly. What's wrong with that? Exactly. We like to chide Alabama fans. We like to chide Clemson fans. We like to chide Georgia Bulldog fans that feel that way. Right? And we like to throw academics in their face. Yeah. They're fans. They're fans. Yeah. They're rooting fans. for a sport. So you tell me what does academics have to do with that? Because, like, nobody – you don't get extra points on the scoreboard because of your GPA, team GPA. No, no. You don't. You're cheering for for athletic excellence every Saturday. Every Saturday. Outside of the classroom. So we got to take a step back, man. We have to really realize, even though we won by 25, like, yo, that, that ain't it. It's not good enough. Well, That's not good enough to beat Georgia. No. I think I was watching that game being like, we still not good enough to beat Georgia. No, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. They're not beating Ohio State. bro. I think our defense will be all right, though. I don't know. I, I'm not saying offense is going to be the best, but the defense will be okay. Look at me. If we got 14, wait, do we have 14 Look back? Look at me. Because <laughs> you, you keep looking at the roster, bro. I know we have guys. I know we have guys. I know we have guys. That's not the issue. Not the we issue. saw we have youngsters and we have talent. We saw that. Did you see Lorenzo Styles on that reverse? Come on, come on. Like I, I said in the preview show, he's gonna make a play all the time. He's a dude. Now, on the, fir the first snap, the post route, he ran it at the wrong angle. If he runs yeah, it at the right young, angle, yeah, he, he's young. Yeah. Yeah, replacing Avery Davis, not exactly the technician Avery is. Yeah, but he's more explosive. He's definitely more explosive. Young <laughs> Cole, 
Logan Diggs hurling guys. We got dudes. Logan Diggs a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. Like, I'm like, very comfortable with Kyron wanted to take a water break, and Logan Diggs came in there and said, let me run a couple that he'll do some amazing stuff too. Man, let me tell you something. Appreciation for the running back position. The things that Logan Diggs and Kyron Williams did on Saturday night after contact, because this wasn't the best game for the offensive line. But let me digress no. and get back to my point. My point is, it's okay to expect more as a fan base. Let's not fall into this lull of just saying, well, man, you know, we win 10 straight. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get to the playoffs. <laughs> the goal is not to get to the playoffs where it's cool, you know, if we make the playoffs. No, 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 that's not cool. No, that's no, not that's cool. not good. That's not that's cool. not cool. And maybe you're not the type of fan I am, right? We've evolved, we evolved in that aspect. If we didn't push to want more than just making the playoffs, yes, then Coach Kelly would have been retired already. Yes. He knows that it's not good enough no more because good and bad, he's evolved the whole program to word championship expectation. Yeah. Before yeah. I can I can agree that we probably wasn't quite there on the expectation of being winning every year. But these last five or six years, we've solidified ourselves as a top five team every year, no matter how that's it shakes easy. out. That's, that's easy. easy for us. For us. Now, is that easy in college football? Absolutely not. No, no. We're no. not a Miami. We're not a every other team that's up and down. No. But for us specifically, it's not good enough. But that's just a high standard we got. A competent coach. Because of the brand. See, once again, because of the brand. Any competent coach can win at Notre Dame because of the brand. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Scott Frost would be great. Look, man, Charlie Weiss went to a BCS. Tyrone Willingham went to a BCS game. I'm talking about the worst of the worst. Worst of the worst. Found a way to be successful. Now, for the long haul, will they? No. So it takes an elite coach, a really good coach. Yes, yes. Stream those seasons along. So that's what yes. Brian Kelly has done. A He's really, a really good coach. Really good coach. Yeah. Is he Nick Saban? No. no. But the gap is is far though. And see that now that next step. Right, I would venture to say, oh, this is my point. We're talking about Ohio State, right? You're roster wise, you're like, you're looking at the roster, like, yeah, we can compete with them. You know what the yeah. difference is? You know what the difference will be? Ryan Day and Brian Kelly. Uh, Ryan Day started yesterday compared to Coach Kelly. Okay, here we go. Come on, come on. Ryan Day started if yesterday. You had to bet your house on a game plan for one game. What you just saw, Mister, take your foot off the gas, <laughs> and we just take your foot off the gas, Mister Sub Five Hundred against good teams. We don't, we don't have the quarterback to beat Ohio State, but I would take the coach over now, Ryan Day. No, 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 no. Ryan no. Day just started. Like Ryan no. Day ain't been nowhere else. No, 
Nah, I saw Ryan. Nah, I saw Ryan Day. I saw Ryan Day lose to a Big Ten quarterback. So that quarterback, that quarterback, I don't want to hear that. I don't, don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Once again, this is the wrap up show, right here. We're talking Notre Dame, Virginia, but we're just spreading it out, right? <laughs> just the, game, it out. the game is the game was boring, and it's not even really it talking boring. about. It's not worth talking about. It's not because there was, so, was so much to be wanted out of it. When they said Brennan Armstrong was not playing, the game was over. Yeah, it was over. Yeah, it was was over. over. Yeah, yeah, what are we talking about? Right? uh, The FBI had Notre Dame at 68% win probability with Brennan Armstrong starting. (laughs) Once they announced he wasn't starting, it went up to like 93%. Oh, my God. Look, man, we have to expect more. That If you looked at that 28-3 win – and as a Notre Dame fan, you came away saying to yourself, okay. We got the least out of it. We got oh, the bare minimum of what we could have got out of that game. Like the like the, the maximum was 50, and then the least was like 25, and we got the least out of that shit. <laughs> and I, I can't lie to you. This game, I was flipping channels. And you I'm know, sitting there texting you. I'm texting you during the game, like I can't believe this shite. <laughs> I can't believe this. I can't I believe, believe this. We are literally, we are really about to score 28 points against this team. It. Against this team specifically. Against this team. Who whose defense is is bottom of the bottom. Like if they even, I feel like if they had Armstrong, it would have been a closer game. Now we see. This goes to now what Brian Kelly said post-game on the field when they interviewed him on ABC. We were never in trouble in this game. See that? Never. Yeah, we were never in trouble. Now, see, that's why I take Ryan Day because his mentality (laughs) – that's why I take Ryan Day because his mentality is he knew – once he knew Brandon Armstrong wasn't playing, Brian Kelly's whole mentality for that game was, all right, we're not in trouble, so we don't have to do too much. Let's yeah. just get up. Let's yeah, just that's no, no, it. no 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 no. What you want to you want to play? You play? You you're not going out on the field saying, "All right, we got this," so we just gonna take it easy. No, you want to rock and roll. He definitely went out there and said, "I'm gonna take it easy." He said he's gonna take it easy. Straight up. And I it mean, was the whole, just... the whole feel of the game was, let's just not do the most to lose. Let's Absolutely. just post this win. Absolutely. Get our young guys in there and let them get some experience, but uh, right. we're good. Right. <laughs> I understand. Like, dude, the flu, uh, 20 up to 20 players came down with the flu during the week. You missed two of your captains. Um, Myron sat out the game. Drew White sat out the game. Are we, uh, are we, uh, do you think it's possible we're resting players? Like like the Lakers, do you think we're taking Kawhi breaks? Because we know. Come on that now, no good. I mean, come on, man. You can't compare anybody that sat out to Kawhi or LeBron. He's number one. So what is it? Resting players? You think we're resting players? Because we know that these games are in the bag. Coach Kelly even let it out the cat out the bag. Well, I mean, Myron, according to Brian Kelly post game, Myron had a fever of like one oh three. And they could only get it down to 100 prior to the game. Like, 
You know, you can't. Yeah, you. Uh, he can pass out, have a heat stroke, out on the field. Uh, they got Drews down, but they really didn't want to chance it. I understand that. The crazy thing is, in post game, Ramon Henderson said he was the first one to get it, and this dude had the best game. Right? He got it so early in the week that he was able to recover. Yeah, he's he like, I'm straight. You know, I'm like, okay, we need you to catch the flu every Monday. Straight up. Straight, straight by up. Saturday if you're going to play like that. You play you man, look, with everything that they went, and I, I know both of the uh, Adam Miola kids um, were both sick. Um, there are a lot of guys that played that were dealing with symptoms. Yeah. You know, and, and despite that, that defense – Bronco Mendenhall paid Marcus Freeman probably one of the greatest compliments I've heard from a, a, a coach this year. And he right. said, man, did Notre, he was asked the question, did Notre Dame do anything differently that really stifled your offense? And he was like, no, they didn't do anything differently physically. They weren't more physical or anything than we saw on tape. We knew they had a good offensive front. I mean, a good defensive front. He was like, it was just the way they had pressured and changed looks over and over again that slowed down the progression. He was like, if that's Brennan, the ball is out quick, we make some plays. He's like, we had guys open, but our youngster just couldn't see them because of the different looks and because of the pressure. So he just really gave Marcus Freeman tons of praise and how he approached the game and knowing – Okay, they don't have Brendan Armstrong. Look, we're going to come with blitzes off the edges, all blitzes. We're going to come with double mid, man, the, the looping double uh, double linebacker blitz where Bo Bauer got home. All the looks he thought, man, even when he had protection, it, he felt like he was under pressure. That's right. Some open throws he had, you saw him throw high. You saw him throw low, be a little bit off target. It affected his accuracy. So that was just cool to see Bronco Mendenhall really talk about it. It really wasn't about their players. It was just really how they changed things up and how they made things difficult and you can never get into a rhythm. So it was and a fresh Go ahead. That's rightfully so, though, too, because, I mean, you're not going to hear that kind of compliment coming from too many other people out there in college football. And to hear yeah. that from the opposing coach, the head opposing coach about a defense coordinator shows a lot of respect and makes up for all the credit he didn't get so far in the season. Cause I thought Marcus Freeman has been doing a great job week to week, jumping conference to conference, ranked to unranked opponents, some of the best yeah. offense in the country. He's been able to look different in all of those games. I mean, if you in week, was it week nine? You're going to week nine, 10. Yeah. And getting compliments saying the looks are different. <laughs> that means Coach Freeman really in his bag during the week, yeah. steaming up for opposing offenses. And uh, it's very impressive to, to see that now. Uh, and the other thing, too, is to see his young players get behind a game plan that switches up and shows different looks week to week. We talked about the defense settling in, and this is all without 14. So it's just showing how – Impressive the defense response to the coaching with Marcus Freeman. I think Marcus Freeman has done a fantastic job of lowering the point totals for teams from the first game to where we are in week 10 
going against a top-ranked offense and holding them to three. So going from 50 from Florida State to three nine weeks later against a top offense. Did we really, though? Did we really? Can we really plant that three-point flag? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like – we gotta give credit for things you know, that we 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 do. At least. The, the game is totally different. We talk about the flow of games, right? And yeah. like anything that's thrown into that flow changes the direction of that flow, right? So, Brennan Armstrong not playing definitely changed the flow, the natural oh. flow of the matchup, right? Absolutely, it changes your approach. You become more conservative, you know, offensively. If you're Tommy Reese, if you're Brian Kelly, you don't feel like you're in danger. You don't feel like you can really be attacked. Maybe Marcus Freeman is not as aggressive, plays more drop coverage, throws more men into coverage. You don't have to worry about their running game because they're leading rusher. He only had 290 yards on the season, and he didn't even play. Mm-hmm. So he's out. So now you're not worried about their, their rush game. But Virginia probably finds a way to score points, but Virginia's not putting up their average against no. Notre Dame defense. No. They're not. You know, they may maybe score in the mid-20s, you know, something like that, but they're not getting to that average, and they're definitely not getting to that average in yardage. It's positive not- to see that, though, because you're we're almost in December. We're towards the end of the season, and we'll be yeah. able to hold teams to those. And, it's, and it makes it look boring. Maybe it's good that it's, we have boring games like that because we prove that we can get better and not look like – you know, we talked about, we texted earlier about this tweet I saw where they said Brian Kelly saves us from being those Miamis, those Clemsons, those those up and down teams that we see every year. And, it's, and in some sense, that's true. Even though we're so evolved now as a fan base, that's not good enough. At least it's better than being inconsistent like that. Look. We can, you know what? Like I said, this game is no need. We'll get to your grades later on. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go right there. Look, you the grades the are beef for back in business, like business as usual. That's what right. it is. The beef for I, everybody. Business you open the door, you open the door, so I'm gonna go ahead and walk right through it. Right? <laughs> you wanted me to go through it, so I'll go through it. That's why you mentioned it. Look, <laughs> man, all these fans that are sitting up there laughing at LSU. I'm talking about Notre Dame fans. We're laughing at LSU. Laughing at Michigan, laughing at all these other teams, right? That are struggling, and you don't want to be USC. Yeah, word. Yeah. word. You don't. <laughs> you don't want to be where USC is. Let me tell you something, man. Where do I live? <laughs> Chicago. I live, in Chicago. I live in Chicago, right? Let me tell you something. For the past four years until this season. The Bulls have been terrible, absolutely terrible, Pretty bad. bottom of the barrel, right? But you got fans like the Lakers that won championships with LeBron James. You got Cavaliers fans that won championships with LeBron James. You got Golden State fans that won championships with Steph Curry, KD. Yeah. All these fans, you know, I meet them. Like, where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Oh, man, the Bulls suck. <laughs> you right? Like y'all coaching stinks, front office stinks. Yeah, you're right. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. And then I shut them up. I got six. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I got six in my lifetime. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, you talk about right now, but Come in my lifetime, man, I got six. 
That's a lot. What you working with? Oh, we got three. Oh, we got one. Oh, we got four. Now, Lakers fans, Lakers fans, they, they can, can talk, talk about it. it. They can we talk, talk about it. it. But whenever I say I got my six, they show a little bit more respect. Just a little bit. That's a little bit more respect. So my point is, you know, to counter your point, yeah, you might not want to be USC right now. But in the grand scheme of things, they got more titles since 88. <laughs> LSU has two titles since 88. Yeah. I'm just saying, Miami, multiple titles since 88. Since 88. Like, you talk all this smack about where they are now. Florida State, multiple Florida titles State since 88. Yeah. Auburn, national championship. And a loss in the national championship game. Loss. They almost won. So they he got two losses, though, so, you know. So, my point is, yo, you could talk about, yeah, four straight seasons of 10 wins, right? Three college football playoffs. Three college football playoffs. Dude, y'all, we do. We're a hamster on a wheel. We're running in the same place. But we're running in the same place with talent. That's what's killing me. Like, we have talent, but we're running the same place. You, my brother, you talked about it earlier. We need a so, quarterback. We need so, then, so then say it then. So does Brian Kelly, do we need to move on? No, no, no. That's dude. That's No, 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 no. See? See? Because they talking about moving on from Davo, and he just came off two fresh boys. And they're bugging. And, and Clemson, Clemson fans are bugging. Yeah. They're bugging right now. They we're never bugging the same way. They, they had no chance of sniffing a national championship. Dabo beat Dabo has beat the Giant twice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He didn't slip up and win. He didn't slip up and win in a year that Alabama struggled. Nah, he lost, he took, came back and won. He took the twice. Giant down twice. Twice. Once with a freshman quarterback. Come on, man. That's fan bases. Look, I'm cool because you know why? Clemson's fan base got to the point. Well, they accept nothing less than a championship. That's right. They're ready to fire. They coach it. He just We're not there right now. We used to be there, but we've been lulled to sleep a little bit. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Bit, okay. okay. So we've been lulled to sleep. To sleep. Except, <laughs> oh, we got, we got 10 wins. We got 10 yeah. wins. I didn't think this is a transition year. I thought we were going to lose three games. Not if you listen to the Lucky Lefty podcast. Not if we you listen to this Please show me the three losses on this on this schedule. Yeah. I, Ooh. We got too much talent. We got Ooh. way too much talent. We way didn't expect much. to lose to Cincinnati. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I thought we was going to win that one. I thought we was going to win the Cincinnati. So, game. like, everybody's trumpeting, like, this is one of Brian Kelly's greatest coaching jobs. Against, have you seen the schedule? Against what? Against what? Against what? It's like, come on, man. I just worry about this fan base and how we've been lulled into the acceptance of tier two and being cool with it. Yeah, we're and it's like, man, two. that game on Saturday night was the perfect example. It's like, dude, exhibit yeah, A. Example. Exhibit A for the acceptance. We scored 29 of against. Yeah, we scored 29 against Virginia Tech and turn around and do t- worst against the worst defense. Against the worst defense. 
And it has nothing to do with the talent. It has nothing to do with the roster. It has nothing to do with the quarterback. Yeah, and that's that was the biggest part. It has nothing to do with the talent or the roster. It's all about the mindset, man. The mindset at the top going into that game. That's not how you play the game. That's not excellence. Excellence is go out here and kick their butts. I'll call off the dogs when it's too much. Yeah. That's late what third, does. Late in the third, early in the fourth, I'll call off the dogs. Hey, look, Bama, you saw what they did to uh, New Mexico hey, State. They were up 3 0. They said, What? We can go blow y'all out. Come on, man. Yo. They was up 3 0. Said, No, we're going to blow y'all. We ain't going to play with y'all. Because yeah. imagine if they won 28 to 3 against New Mexico State. Dude, people, would, people would try to give them a loss. People would say they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. The Tuscaloosa Gazette. And what? whatever publication exists. They, you know would talk, I mean? they would talk crazy about Nick Saban. Dude, the Birmingham Journal. <laughs> they would be ripping Alabama. 28 to 3, the they would be they would have a fit. They might even they might even storm the, the football building. What's going on in here? <laughs> 25 is not good enough. And and they knew that. That's why they put up what 70 points almost. Man. <laughs> Man. And Nick was upset. Yeah, he yeah. was upset. He was sitting there watching the game. And he's upset, rightfully he's so. Upset. He said, "This is not about the Nick Saban is never about the scoreboard. It's everything else that leads to the scoreboard. Like, yo, <laughs> we do all of this, we don't have to worry about that scoreboard. That's right. That's we right. We don't have to. And he's on them. He got the right energy. Don't matter yeah. who they playing. We yeah. talked about." And we weren't worried. They didn't have that guy, so we was we was cool. We knew no, we no, 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 no. Y'all fault, man. Oh well, your starters not st- playing. Oh well. Oh well, we good. Got to hang fifty on you tonight. That's what, no, we. But that's why teams people don't see us as up there with the Alabamas and the Georgias and Ohio States because we don't smash the bug. We let the bug crawl back into the the grass or something. Dude. These other teams, they smash the bug in the concrete. They don't let the ch- they don't give the ant the chance, the chance to and, make and, it look like they're close. And people might not like this, but this last two games against Navy and Virginia, for me, are an indictment on why Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Oh yeah, the committee's gonna look at those games. And be like no. no. <laughs> Those games should have been worse. No, <laughs> no. But maybe, but maybe Coach Kelly wants it to be like that, to not have to have the expectations of playing a Georgia, knowing that we just gonna lose. You know, maybe it's like we good with an Oklahoma New Year's Day. You know, somewhere nice, good weather, Cotton Bowl type. That type of energy. No, now look, I'm not saying I don't want to make the playoffs. By no means is that what I'm saying. I love to make the playoffs. Okay? We talked about it. People can go back, look through the archives of all of our videos on our YouTube channel, Lucky Lefty Podcast, and you'll find where we lined up, Nutrafield talked about Notre Dame against the top 10. Oh, yeah. Top 10. We and would just all, play Georgia first if we made the playoffs. And the only it was there were two teams where we pretty much said nah, nah, not on a neutral field. 
Me personally, I threw Ohio State to that mix. It's three teams for me right now. And I'm like, yeah, three those three teams, nah, no chance. I think we can Every, play with Ohio State. I don't know if we would win, but what we is your definition? What is your definition to play with? Because Brian Kelly said they we played with Alabama last year. We couldn't play with Georgia. I don't think so. Once, once again, what's your definition of play with? Because play with Brian Kelly, man. Brian Kelly said they physically played with Alabama last year. That's what he said. They just made more explosive plays. So, what's your definition of playing with? Playing with means that if it came down to us having the ball last, I no. think we have a good chance to do oh, it. No, that 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 scenario won't even. No. Yeah, the Georgia not, not close, not close. Alabama Look, probably not. You know why? It's not. It's not once again. It's not about talent. It's not. If you look at the roster and you look at the recruiting stars, you will see two rosters that are filled with pretty much similar talent. Yeah, they have way more difference makers. Offense. And the Way aggressive more. style, like, and, what are we going to do? Games, it's difference-making. You, you talked about Georgia, and we were talking about how Georgia lets you get a big play. That's not that's not a problem for them. Georgia but what is, is like our solution? Yeah, but what is our solution after we get big plays? We, we wouldn't have an answer because we – what? We don't have enough play calls in the bag. Then what do you go to? We can't go just to Kyron because against that defense. No, you're not I lining love Kyron up. To death. You're but not Kyron lining up pushing death. him around. No, no. He wouldn't he no, would be getting hit in the backfield worse than last week. We got a third and one. And our, our right guard is getting blasted into the backfield. <laughs> Logan Diggs is having to make super super. Super plays just to get away from the man that's blasting our right guard because we don't mention him here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Once you're in the doghouse, you get no more mentions. <laughs> and he turns that into a hurdle running down the left sideline, and everybody's like, oh, what a great play. Is it? No, 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 no. It wasn't designed to go out. So. <clears throat> at all. And it wasn't executed well at all. At all. <laughs> but because you have elite talent. Talent. At the running back position, they're able to make big yards after contact. After contact, if we didn't have special, if we didn't have special skill positions like Michael Mayer making that catch behind the dude back, or Kyron making the first down run or the touchdown run, nasty. These are these is why we say we got the talent. Nasty. Kevin Austin with the fingertip catch on the Come fade. On. But Kevin That's Austin, elite. Look, Tommy has to stop asking, at least for this season. <clears throat> stop asking him to run corner routes. Oh, yeah. his, technique, his technique is awful. His technique is awful. I don't know why he got to run corner oh. routes. He's too big to look. They're running <laughs> all in the middle because you damn near as big as Michael Mayer. You should he be is, running bigs, post, and go routes. That's it. He is big. Out, slant, that's low. it. Yeah, that's like, it. Why would you try to get cute and run others? No, like because he looked like he don't. He look, he's running that thing like, what am I running? 
<laughs> I'm supposed to turn around here. I'm, I'm, I'm a vertical guy. Just yeah. any vertical. No idea how to stem the guy. None, none, none. So that he can get to the up. Nothing. 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 He just ran up the field and just it's and like, then just stopped do? on the route. <laughs> stopped on the route. I couldn't believe it. I said, man, look. He said, I'm out of place. This ain't for me. Well, that's one of those plays where you know you're like the third progression. Yeah, he's like, bro, I know you're not trying to throw this to I know you love me, but I'm not. He's not throwing it to me. You know, matter of fact, he's probably thinking, I don't think Jack can even reach me. Yeah, he's like thinking like I'm I'm too far and I didn't turn around, so right. in a way. Interception. You know, those are the types of things, man. Look, as I said before, if they face off against Ohio State, it's not look, I'll take their coach. You might disagree. That's fine. <laughs> no problem with that. <laughs> Wait, I'm take, I'm I'm not taking I'll take Coach Day in the game. I'm not taking Coach Day over Kelly overall, overall resume. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Duly noted. So what I'm telling you is that talent-wise, we can match up. But let me tell you something. And let me preface this. There's two ways to look at this. If 14 is on the field, then okay. There's some things I need to look at. If 14 is not on the field, yeah, against, yeah, those, yeah. against those three wide receivers, no, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a it's a problem. It's a problem. Look, Look Clarence Purdue, Lewis right there just ain't Purdue, got that. Purdue came into the game as a top 10 pass defense. Oh, yeah, obliterated. The, the receivers they have are just way too good for the for that conference and just in general. They just because what because how are you, you can't double just one guy. And see, they have different types of receivers, right? Oh yeah, right. It's not like they have man. like three guys that just love to run and they're fast. And it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's a Baylor or something. And Jibba is like the slot guy technician. Just hit you with everything. But he's huge, though. He's huge. Garrett <laughs> Wilson is like a technician. Track star. Track star. And then Chris, o- top Chris Olave is just everything. Do it all. Just everything. So I would literally text Marcus Freeman before the game and say, dude, it's all good. It's I not even, know. yeah, we ain't even looking for you to you be get a pass. You now. get a pass on this one. Yeah, this ain't, this ain't chill fault. Yeah, because that's like you just have you just have to hope they miss shots. That's it. They that they're off on that day. But they got some real on the off day, talent, and you can pressure yeah. Stroud, make him make some mistakes. Because people Stroud is a game right now. Yeah, they struggled offensively, but I think didn't they still put up like thirty plus against Oregon in a loss? Struggling. So would Notre Dame put up thirty against them? Now, what do they know? Because it's easy to say, yeah, Notre Dame could put up 30 against that defense. I'm not saying we can put up 30 against that defense. I think if we're going to win, it's going to be like a 20 to somehow we have three, four pick sixes or somehow we got three or four picks to stop their momentum 
Right. And it was just a struggle. They was just like how Clemson played Ohio State in championship game when nothing could go right for Trevor Lawrence. Right. That's, the type That's of something stuff. that would have to happen for us. And, and then Jack Cone got to be like Peyton Manning or something out. out there just going crazy. Right. Now, we have the talent for him to do that. But see, Jack Cone, I don't think would be afraid of the moment because Jack Cone has been to a Big Ten championship. Yeah. He's, he's not afraid of more. Like he's he played not, He just not a no. He's I wouldn't. Not, I wouldn't think like, oh man, we got Jack Cone. We finna win. Right. Going into the right. game. Right. Now, you know, anything can happen. Though. Right. But anybody else in that top ten of that CFP? They'll oh, get yeah, we, it. Yeah. They'll get it. We good. We good. Okay. I, I don't know. And we used to play. Yeah, Michigan's cool. Michigan State's cool. Before, um, even before uh, Baylor got Oklahoma up out of here. Oh, we taking Baylor and Oklahoma. I take both of them. We I said, like we said last week that Notre Dame would take Oklahoma, and and it might shake out like that because I don't think I think Oklahoma got too cute and tried to play both of them. Yeah, I think you should just let the young boy rock out his first challenge. So once again, like, I like Caleb Wilson versus us. I mean, Caleb Wilson versus us just just for the what it would look like. You know, yeah. I think he would provide a good challenge. I think their defense is bad enough to where we we could score enough if we need to. You know, yeah. so we got. So, I like the matchup. Twenty-eight to three, Notre Dame comes up with the, and this is gonna sound crazy, man. Look, I'm not trolling. <laughs> I'm not trolling. 28 to 3, Notre Dame comes up with the unimpressive win against Virginia. <laughs> I promise you, I'm not trolling. I'm not saying business as usual. Business I'm not hating. Usual. It's just business as usual. Eight sacks from the defense. Riley Mills was amazing. Yo, yeah. Isaiah Foskey has reached that level to where teams are saying he's not beating us. They're double teaming him, they're triple teaming. Like he yeah. has reached that level where teams are like, okay. We got a game plan for this guy, right? So at that point, the other guys up front have to win one-on-one battles, and Riley Mills was able to do that. Three sacks, they were able to provide pressure. We told you in the preview this would not be a Kurt Heinisch game. We told you <laughs> We told you that. We told you you would see more cross. We told you you would see more Riley Mills on the inside, yeah. and that's what happened. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Kurt Heinz did come in. He was in on a lot of first downs. Passing situation. Get come him on up out the sideline, my dude. Yeah, play, he so, plays his role well. Yeah, you know, let's get this pass rush going. Well. Because the run game for Virginia is of no substance. It was, it was never a threat. It wasn't going to be a threat. Now, you talked about Marcus Freeman, Bronco Mendenhall, giving him the compliment. We talked about Ramon Henderson and Xavier Watts getting some more time. Prince Colley got in at linebacker. And you can see watching Prince, he's still like a second too late on his reaction because he's thinking. Yeah. He's thinking. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, can he... see it. You can see it. He's thinking. He, once he goes, he can get there really fast, but he's still in that process where he's thinking. And that's the perfect game to throw him into where it's like you really don't have to worry about the run game. Yeah. Just so do you your job, that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So you could take that little second. It's not really going to hurt you. 
But the passing game, we have to give kudos to Bo Bauer. Bo Bauer played his tail off. He played his tail off, subbing in, being in the middle, making the calls, and coming in for Drew White and just really played a great overall game. He's already he's always been good special teams, always been good third downs as a drop linebacker playing in coverage, but he played a really complete game on Saturday night. Have to give him a lot of credit for that. 100%. Definitely played a great game. Made plays all over the place, but, you know, it goes to showing that when we're better than teams, you'll start yeah. seeing guys on our team pop up and be like, oh, okay, we got this talent. And, then, you know, it's a good game to see the – the non-dominant talent on our team. Yeah. And Bo's one of those players that can flash. You know, when we – in the situations, right, we got players that are flash. So. Yeah. Now, we had a couple of turnovers. Well, we had two turnovers on fourth downs. Just uncalled for. We had a turnover inside the 10 in the fourth quarter. That's just Tyler Buckner being a little selfish. Because at that point in the game, just let let Logan cook. Just let him yeah, cook. I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's more they just relax too much. They've been on the field and driving. Yeah. And, oh, they's all oh, this is touchdown, and they thought he had it, and you just not not locked in on the execution. And it just shows that we were a little bored out there too. You know, those four for one, it looked like we lazy getting off the line. And so it's, it's those type of things that – we need to be careful of not being too relaxed when a team, you know, is clearly down. It'll be great, but it, but that's just that's just where we are right now. That's what that's why we're not impressive in our playoff games and the games that really matter the most. We don't get over the hump because of games like this. You know, we just know we're going to win and and we act like it. Let's see. Now let's expand upon that because you just brought up a point. Let's connect the dots, right? Because we talked about the mentality of not having the attention to detail, or having coaches constantly on your ass all the time, making you feel uncomfortable, making you have to execute all the time, making you think about excellence all the time, the type of stuff you see with Nick Saban and how he approaches the game in Alabama, right? And this game being exhibit A of, looking at the situation and saying, oh, okay, we're really not we're really not in danger against this team tonight, so we can take it easy a little bit. We can point to getting the ball back with over a minute left with two timeouts at the end of the first half and just choosing to run out the clock and not being aggressive and how that set the tone for them to come out in the second half with a laissez-faire attitude, lack of focus, and it's like just missed opportunity after missed opportunity and turnovers and sloppy football and everything. And this plays into it. See, because when you have that and then you get to a college football playoff when you have a tough opponent and then you want to get tough for two weeks yeah, it and call for excellence, it's like, no, no, you can't hit that switch, my man. Like, you got to be up their tails from week one. Like, yo, first of all, we expect to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Why stay on y'all tails to execute? I don't care if we're playing Albuquerque State. You got to execute like it's Alabama. Or like you're Alabama. They or don't, like they you're don't, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> they don't take no days off. You have this mentality where you take it easy and you don't have the same focus. And 
you slack off, and then all of a sudden you get into a tough game against a tough opponent. You want to hit this intensity switch, and you want to hit this focus switch. No, that's not how it works. And you can't, your program can't be like that. It can't be like that. It's like, yes, the ACC, for the most part, and we'll get to this on the slant, because this is a good conversation. I want to talk about whether or not it's time for the Notre Dame to really sit down from a football standpoint and have a conversation with the ACC just for schedule sake. Like, yeah. look, man, y'all not holding up y'all into the bargain. We, we think we're getting two or three good games a year. Uh, y'all making us look soft. Like, we yeah. can go back playing the Big Ten. Like we, we should, yeah, we should go to the. I think we should go to SEC. We would never do that, but we we would we should go to the Big Ten. That's the next best thing. That's what I'm saying. Put Michigan and Michigan State back on the schedule. If that's the case, you know we thought North Carolina was going to be a good team. They suffered. You know what I'm saying. So when you think about that, that's something we're going to talk about on the slant when we get done with the, this show today. We're going to talk about whether or not Notre Dame should really sit down with the ACC and start to realize, look. Maybe we can give away one more game, add another Big Ten team to our schedule to strengthen up that schedule, especially when it comes to the college football playoff and and expanding on that. And it's just one of the things to look at. But as we said before, on the preview show, we expected more out of this game from Notre Dame. We knew who Virginia was. We knew the possibility that Brandon Armstrong wouldn't be able to play. And we knew that that would make them very inconsistent offensively and so with that being said man we have some comments for lucky lefty nation our guy brendan cordial says woo woo go iris thanks for the great content man we appreciate you then i got a tool worker holding the players accountable and causing them to be disciplined i agree with you i agree with you that's something that we don't see and uh not just the players you know you want a program where the coaches are held accountable as well and, you know, you have to beg or begs to ask the question, is Jeff Quinn being held accountable? Is Dale Alexander being held accountable? Is Tommy Reeves being held accountable? I think we've seen multiple times in post-game press conferences where Marcus Freeman has been held accountable or things have been said to make it seem like that Brian Kelly is holding Marcus Freeman and his defensive staff accountable. But when it comes to his offensive staff, You know, you have to question whether or not he's applying the same pressure to a guy that played for him and a guy that was handpicked to be the offensive coordinator for him. Uh, Two work also also says stay in the ACC, play a rotating schedule within the ACC, which allows your schedule to open up for teams like Michigan State, Purdue, et cetera. Well, Purdue's already – they already have a slot for the Big Ten. Purdue slid in there once Michigan slid off. Uh, I think they're going to pick back up with Michigan in some years, negotiations, things like that. But taking away one, especially you're not part of the uh, ACC conference race. So I don't see a problem with taking away an extra ACC game uh, from a football standpoint. And then just allowing yourself to pick up a big 10 opponent that will help because it's obvious that the committee is telling you the two conferences that they honor the most are the SEC and the Big 10. Losses or not. Yeah, yeah we already there. have two slots for the Big Ten that we play Wisconsin and Purdue, right? And, you know, one more if it would have been Wisconsin, Purdue, and Michigan State. Yeah. Now Michigan State win 
you know, that kicks them out because they will already have two losses. We would be right. further up and we probably would be challenging right now for that five. Yeah, we're going to be challenging. We're going to be challenging at the end because we're going to beat Stanford. Yeah. We're going to be, we're going to probably finish out undefeated. And it's whoever can survive up into that point, which will probably be Ohio State. Yeah. And then it will be interesting to see if Alabama plays Georgia in SEC. Does the does the college football playoff do they weigh into that? I know they wouldn't drop Georgia out of it. Georgia would probably be two, but Alabama possibly may drop out and they may sneak Ohio State in there or something. And then we may have to play Alabama for the bowl game. A crazy scenario, but they'll never drop Ohio State out. Because where's Cincinnati gonna go? Cincinnati might they may stick us with Cincinnati for a rematch. You know how to, I mean, if anything. So we'll see what happens. And let's talk about expectations. Look, man, I know look, there are people out there that truly believe that Cincinnati is an elite team. That, that I've seen <laughs> it. I've seen it. I've seen Notre Dame fans be apologetic about that loss. But we've sat here and said that was a bad loss. Flat out, up and down. There's no way Notre Dame should have lost that game. But at the same time, we place most of the blame for that game on the head coach and the approach to the game and some of the decisions he made at the most crucial times in that game that allowed Cincinnati to get comfortable. And we never gave them an uncomfortable situation until we closed it, until we scored late, and then they responded. Late in the fourth quarter, but we never made them feel uncomfortable. They never had to feel that moment of being uncomfortable and rattled in Notre Dame Stadium, and they came away with the victory. And yeah, we didn't. We didn't even chat. We didn't even make it hard. I don't yeah, even. Think, I don't feel like we made it hard on them. If we face them again, I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. I'm, dude, we should beat them by ten. Yeah, we should beat them by ten. Like that. Like, let's be real. I understand. Look, I firmly understand why the committee is looking at Cincinnati the way they look at. Yeah, it's not a shock. I don't care what the poll. They can be number two in the coaches' poll, ESPN, all of that. That's fine. All of that. that. It don't even people that know football that are honest know darn well that Cincinnati does not deserve. No, I won't use the word deserve because that deals with resume and all of that. Cincinnati is not the second best team in the nation. No. They are not the second best team in the nation. You watched them struggle against Navy. You watched them struggle against Tulsa. And you watched them somehow struggle against South Florida. Somehow. Somehow. For a little bit. That's not it. That's not the team. Desmond Ritter, the way he played at Notre Dame Stadium, check out his stats. Up and down since that game. Up and down. So, dude, if they face off, Notre Dame should easily – I won't say easily because it's not going to be easy. Notre Dame needs to beat Cincinnati by 10 if they face each other again. They would need to beat Cincinnati by 21 to rebalance the order because we're still a top-five team all time. Like, we need to go into this game and beat them like how Alabama would beat Cincinnati right now. Man, now you, you – <laughs> Alabama would beat Cincinnati like a regular team <laughs> – like, come on, dude. Stop. So we we need that attitude, like Alabama. That's the difference. That's the difference between a dynasty and a team that's really good every year. And, and you know, look, it's not our fault. It's not Notre Dame's fault that USC is in the place they're in 
right? Yeah. Um, it's not their fault. You didn't. Well, they should have known. Well, they did know because they got Jack Cone, so they knew Wisconsin had the wrong quarterback or had made the wrong decision. We knew that game. I feel like the way Brian Kelly felt about the way Brian Kelly felt about Virginia is the way he should have felt about Graham Mertz and Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Like, this, this, yeah. Offense, this offense can't hurt us. Like, we're good. And that was before the game. He should have gone into the game feeling that way. Like, look, offensively, they can't hurt us. If we put up 20 points, it's over. We're good. We're good. We, we ain't worried about Graham Mertz. Yeah, it's like you're picking – like, dude, you're choosing the wrong games to have that attitude if you don't have that attitude. Yeah, that's like, You don't have that attitude with Virginia? Yeah. Everybody knew during the week there was no chance. But you still go out and you play the game with focus and excellence and let the scoreboard take care of itself. And you didn't that should just, be the expectation. We shouldn't be looking to go 10 wins. We should be looking to do certain things each week. Man. And hitting certain point totals each week or executing certain things each week. Because at this point, we know we're more talented than most of the teams we face against. And that's the thing, right? Notre Dame has struggled and is at this point. That says more about the schedule, the teams they face. They have struggled. They beat Wisconsin struggling. They beat Purdue struggling. So what are we really? What's Toledo? Saying? What's Toledo's record right now? They, I, like, because <laughs> I haven't even kept up with Toledo. They even got that game with... almost went to overtime or some crazy. Like they be almost like, come on, Toledo was making sack fumbles and pick like they was going crazy on us. They're five and five right now. Oh my god, come on, <laughs> five, five and five right team. Now. Played us to the very, very close one. Five and five right now. That's why the college football committee, like, are you serious? What's what's Virginia Tech record now? They probably take two. No, I think V Tech, if I'm not mistaken, they're in the running for the coastal in the conference. Okay. And an okay, overall yeah. record. I think they have a slim chance to win. It really comes down to Pitt and Virginia, who wins that game this weekend. Which is another thing, dude. Bronco Mendenhall and his coaches the entire week leading up to the game kind of preface like, "We know we're about to get banged by Notre Dame. Our season is the next game against Pitt." Straight oh, up, like that's <laughs> that's why the quarterback didn't play. That's why the quarterback the quarterback could have played if they really felt right. like they had a chance. They like our season is this ACC championship. We don't care nothing about no. Beating Notre Dame this year. He ain't about to stress our quarterback over that. And literally, if you go and you look, dude, and VTEC's five and five. Oh my God. VTEC's five, five, five. five. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And it's like, we, man, what else can you say? It's like, <laughs> it's like how people would hate to put us in the playoffs with a record like that. Like, my man. <laughs> Yo. We got cheated as Notre Dame fans. I'm, 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 look, look, I'm speaking for Notre Dame fans right now. When you tune in, you know what you can be doing on a Saturday night? 
Try hanging with your family, man. Hang with your family, kicking it with your friends at a nice holiday party. Yeah, you can go out, go out and go out. You don't have to be by the TV. Absolutely. Dude, this Notre is a time. You just keep up on, on highlights on your phone. Let me yeah. see. Because yeah. watching the whole game, you're going to be like, why am I watching this? I could be 100 other things playing against a sorry team that we're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you're taking your prime real estate in time on a weekend. Yeah, on a Saturday night to, to spend four hours to spend four hours watching your favorite football team, <laughs> and the coach hits the brakes in it's the second quarter. He wait all week. He practiced hard all week. Put a game plan together all week to hit the brakes in the second half. Like, dude, why are you depriving me <laughs> of my pleasure as a fan? Like, I like watching blowouts. You like watching yeah. blowouts? Everything. Yeah, yeah. I like watching I want to see the walk-on scoring touchdowns. I want to see yeah. the backup quarterback. I wanted, I wanted to see Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner score touchdowns. <laughs> like, that's that's the type of game we should have saw yeah. on Saturday night. Them, them boys work hard all year, too, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And what, what does Brian Kelly entertain us with? Some, some troubles, some turnovers, some, some what are we doing, some why are we not scoring more. Man. But we won, so it's like we can't say no. We won by 25. Win it by 25. No, 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 no. It's just not good enough. It's not the same. <laughs> only, because the team, only because the teams that are really, really good, they're not winning by no 25 versus regular teams. No. That's the only because oh. that's the that's what we're talking about here because we're trying to say if we gonna make it to the playoffs, do we have a chance? Yeah, we know we can get there. Yeah, but do we have a chance? We know we can get invited as a freshman to the to the senior prom. Right. But are we gonna really have a dance? Are we gonna have a shot at winning the homecoming king or the prom king? Probably not. That's a fact. Like Even I never, I never going to the prom, It was always one. Man, this is gonna sound really <laughs> elitist. It's gonna sound really elitist. I'm not trying to be elitist. I'm just I'm really trying to be real. It was always this is one, real. All it is it is real. Always, it was always one nerd that put his name on the ballot <laughs> for homecoming king. Like he really thought he had a chance. Like really thought he, he was popular in physics class, or he made a couple people laugh with his right. nose. Yeah. He no. thought he was gonna beat the captain of the football team somehow, some way. A homecoming king. And it's like, come on, bro. You got no chance. You can come, <laughs> but you ain't getting the crown, dog. No, not at all. Not, not at all, dude. Not at all. And it's like, it's like <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, what are you doing? Like who talked you into this, man? Yeah, like who who got who convinced you this was a good idea or something? It's crazy. Man. But it's it, but that's what goes back to where you how do you get off the wheel? The only way to get off the wheel is one of two ways at year eleven and ten. Let him ride out <laughs> and have a Kobe year, or you have to get a quarterback that's gonna change the game. It's no different. We got all the other players. Yeah, it's not a recruiting thing no more. Yeah. It's a quarterback issue. All you do, this is the crazy thing. Ryan Kelly, all you need is one. That's it. All you need is one. All you need. All you need is to sign that one. 
One is the O line with a superstar quarterback. That's the O line got now with a superstar. We're good. That's all you need. Sign that one. Sign the one. Every, everything will change. You will be like, all man, you need, so much easier, dude. Give us Ryan a Caleb Williams one year. Give us a Caleb. Give us. Give us a. Give us a. Even a Trevor. I know right. it's a lot to ask. I know it's a lot to ask. But no, it's not a lot to ask. No, because eleven years with with all these playoff runs and not even feeling like we're close. Hey, come on, my boy. Look, uh, I, I got this. I got uh, Coleman Smith. Hey, yes, you know that's yes. my guy. Yes, yes, yes. Do do do. Give him the that's Cam that. Newton package. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Let's not make this too hard, Notre Dame. Uh, dude, not, I, I heard him. his grades was good. I heard his grades was good. Give his pops a, a, a condo on any street. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever it, it takes. Because it just got to be one. It don't got to be a class. We don't have to spend a whole bunch of money. Look, one. One, one begets one. And there's and nothing you, wrong with Tyler or nothing, but Dante is the answer. Yes. And did. it's okay. You know, maybe Tyler would do a great job mm-hmm. for his time there. He's going to win a lot of games. Right, you know? right. They're going to they gonna talk about him. He's the, you know, all of that. But right now, if Tyler had to play a full game versus Georgia, would you feel like he was going to give you what Tua gave you? When Tua played against Georgia and when Tua so, played against so Georgia? being fair, like – a full a full year of development as a freshman, could Tyler walk into a national championship game against Georgia and produce? No, I don't think so. And I that's you know not right not, not from what they showed us on how they no, use Tyler. He wouldn't be surrounded by the same talent that Tua was surrounded by. I mean, Devontae yeah, receiver. Devontae Smith was a freshman on that squad that happened to catch the winning touchdown. But Kevin so, Austin is he's he not Devontae, but Kevin Austin. I was about to say, come on, man. We need Kevin to Austin run, run a corner route before. But Kevin Austin running Kevin Austin routes, he's better than 80% of the other receivers out there. I say that. I take Kevin yeah. Austin as the top five receiver in college football right now. Yeah. So yeah. Can Tyler do it? I don't know. Got, I got Daniel Wade said, to those who say, but we will lose in the CFP, the opportunity has to always be the priority. Quit it, please. I agree with that. My pushback is you're not about to lull me to, to sleep. To yeah, 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 yeah. That's all I that We're going to walk in there and beat Georgia? Yeah. Because that's what we're talking about. We ain't talking about, look, we if we if the best we'll be right now is getting that four. That's if everything go right. Let's just cut the BS. If everything go right, we'll be four. Georgia will probably be one. And we'll play Georgia the first playoff game. So can we beat Georgia? That's the question. I don't think we have enough pieces yet. Because look at – because let's just – it's not even about us. Look at Georgia. Georgia's really good. (laughs) What have we been saying all year on this podcast? We have admonished everybody that watches this podcast. Oh, man. Take, take four hours out of one of your Saturdays just to watch. Just to watch them. 
how Georgia has always had good defenses. This year is total. This is special. This is a special. This year, is man. a special defense. We talked about it this weekend via text when we were watching, and we said they're like they have you in their grasp before kickoff, and they yeah. are like a boa constrictor. Yeah, it's like and the more you struggle, the tighter the grip gets. And they're hitting, and they're yeah. they're smacking shit. Like what? <laughs> Because think about it. You have to be able to run, too, at the quarterback position. So if you're not running and throwing against them, yeah. what you you think you you think Jack Cohn going to sit back in the pocket yeah. and quarterback his way down the field without running around? And, yeah. Come on. Yeah, and Daniel, I saw your other comment. That's not – we weren't putting words in your mouth, and we're not doing that. What we're saying is – and you have to go back and, and tap into our original conversation here at the beginning of the show. It's like, we're not, exhibit A was that game on Saturday night. And I'm not being lulled into sleep with 10 straight, uh, four straight seasons of 10 wins and three chips to the, three trips to the college football playoff. No, man, that's not me. I grew up watching Lou Holtz. So I know what it's like going into a season feeling like, yo, it's a national championship or bust. It's national championship time. Oh, yeah. I don't, we don't care. I don't know beating somebody in a bowl game and upsetting yeah. Colorado to keep them from winning a national championship. All I know is he didn't win. Coach Kelly don't care about that either. He told That's you. He said all these wins and no chip. No so chip. We, we say so Coach like, Kelly. What, what does it mean? Look, this fan base or certain segments of the fan base they have been lulled into being cool with 10-win seasons and making it to the college football playoffs. I don't want to wait. I'm trying to – I want to win it. Because how many times do we have one. to make it – yeah, how many times do we have to make it for and us then to the obvious like, is, The obvious is, you know, people say, well, in order to win it, you got to make it. No kidding. Yeah, we, we I made wanna it. Make it. We, I want to make it. it. And honestly feel like there's a shot we're going to win it. So if you yeah, made the college football play, you show me the time recently when Notre Dame made the college football playoff and you thought they had a legitimate shot to win it. Legitimate shot. It was, and I say back to 2012. I didn't even no. think we were going to win that game. No. <laughs> no. No. No, not at all. I didn't think we was going to win 12 for sure. I didn't think we was going to win against Clemson when we played in Dallas, for sure, when they had the four All-Americans. And you know what the crazy thing is? That's the game where early on some crazy stuff was happening. Like if they don't reverse that fumble call and then – And we make, we make a play on those one-on-one -on -one go balls. We, yes. We could have sneaked throw, Right. We and then pull the trigger. Yes. We could have sneaked one that year. Notre Dame could have very well been up 14 zip, and now you get to see how Trevor Lawrence reacts as a in freshman that situation, right? Yeah. Then, then Julian Love got hurt, and some other things happened. If, if, if things happen a little bit, that game is probably a little bit more competitive, right? But then the next week against that Alabama team, we have won. No, no chance. No, <laughs> no chance. No but, that's the, but that's the conversation every year. Yeah. That's the conversation every year. Think about Georgia two years ago when we had played at Georgia. That was the game of the year that decided our fate. 
Yeah. Moving forward, we knew because we knew we was gonna win all the other ones. See, Come this on. is this, Daniel Wade says this. Forget consolation prizes. This is Notre Dame playoff or bust every year. See, we I take we take it a step further. No, 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 no. Championship or bust. Oh, right. I don't do. That's where we are as Lucky Lefty Podcast. It's yeah. national championship or bust. That's, That's it. it. I don't care nothing about making the playoffs. Because we that don't even, be we're not even impressive in the playoffs. Making that's the playoffs the, should be making the playoffs should be a given. Especially when they expand the eight. Oh, if they expand the eight, that's gonna kill the whole narrative for Brian kill, it's, Yeah, it's gonna kill the narrative about making the playoffs because everybody that's would a, know we were making that should be every, a given every year. Be a top eight team. Oh it would be we would have to join a conference to get something out of it because then have an expectation every year on that then it just be like it wouldn't even be worth watching to the end of the season that's dope from a recruiting standpoint to be like dude we're in the playoff every year yeah that's dope like it helps recruiting because literally like oh yeah every year we're in the playoffs but at some point yo we have to put something brand new and shiny Next to the dust of that 1988 championship, man. That's it. That's it. And that's what that's it is. It. It's like win championships. And if it takes Dante Moore, if it takes whatever other stud, yeah, man, if that's the difference, then, then fine. But Notre Dame has talent. Notre Dame has a really good coach. Notre Dame has two classes back to back in 22 and 23 that are elite. All the pieces are there. With difference makers. With difference makers. Now we just need that difference maker. You know what's crazy? Why couldn't we get a I even take it as far as a Baker Mayfield? Come on, Why? man. That's Mark Sanchez, bro. Drew, Drew Pine, Drew Pine should have been our Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, break that down for me. In what way? Baker was a walk-on guy that nobody thought should be there. Okay. Ride from he, the was trans- well, he, was, he was a transfer from Texas Tech and then walked Which on. he walked on to <coughs> Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, even that, I feel like we'll be good with. But Baker's got a different attitude. Maybe it's the archetype. We need an attitude at the quarterback position. Tyler Buckner ain't got no attitude. Jack Cohen ain't got no attitude. Drew has some attitude, but Drew ain't got the. I mean, attitude is one thing. I'm, give me the talent. Like, give me the Deshaun <laughs> Trevor Walt Lawrence talent. Like, attitude is one thing. Just give me. But in fairness, we talk about talent with both of those guys. Both of those guys have swag, too. Both yeah. of those guys have major swag. Even, just, even on Alabama, Jalen Hurts had limitations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As, as physically talented as he was, he was limited in the passing game, and it limited the talent that Alabama had. They couldn't bring out – you didn't know they had Devontae Smith and all Exactly. Exactly. So it goes deeper to, and that's what is as good as Ian Book was, as many games, because Ian Book is like literally the Spider-Man point at Brian Kelly from 
a, a player standpoint. They, like, man, he's he's all the time winning his quarterback. He he wouldn't be in a top five quarterback. Well, I won't go that far. I would definitely take three From quarterbacks. From talent-wise, all the time yeah. quarterbacks, yeah, he wouldn't. Absolutely. Man, he yeah. might be deeper on that list because we're talking about Joe Theismann, Joe Montana. Yeah. Dude, Tony Rice. Yeah. I mean, it's some guys. He might be four or five in all-time quarterbacks if you really sit there and talk about it. But he's an all-time mm-hmm. winning his quarterback. Yeah, it's like Brian Kelly, all-time winning his coach. But he's probably like the fourth coach you would take. And no yeah, empty calories. It all feel like empty calories, you know. And Coleman, I see all your comments about a certain player. I don't know if you're new to Lucky Left. I don't know if you're new, but we don't mention once we put players in a doghouse, we don't we don't mention them That's ever right. again. All right. So we will say this: there are certain players standing on the sideline watching another player play and the way they play that are saying to themselves, there is no way that dude is better than me. No way. Young players. So yeah. we agree with your comment. There's no way Rocco Spindler is standing there watching somebody else play saying, oh, yeah, he's better than me. Nah. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't Ain't no no way. way. You solidify the left side with two freshmen. And I'm just waiting for the, the only way that happens is if Blake Fisher is cleared. Yeah. You're going to make Blake Fisher. My guy, Blake Fisher. Right. Even with a even with a really good Blake Fisher, that won't win us a championship. That's what's so crazy. That's no, what's so won't. crazy. Even with a, even with Blake Fisher coming back, not giving up any sacks, that's not going to win us a championship. That's how good and bad we are at the same time. Yeah, we have. Uh, excuse me, it said a Dario, a Dario Jones. I hope I said that correctly. I thought we had a good enough team to compete in 2012. We definitely should have competed better against Clemson, though. Not, we're, using, that, we're using the wrong language. We don't want to compete no more. We that is that is the theme of today's we, wrap-up we, show. We want to win. We're tired of competing. We, t- we compete great. That's why we win 10 games every year. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's go out there and dominate an opponent for once. Man. Give us some respect around college football that – we're not here to compete. We're here to dominate because we competed well enough to be 10 wins and considered for the playoffs every year. You know, I'm tired of competing. Like, teams should feel like, man, we just want to keep it close. Teams That's how they feel facing Notre Dame. Like when, when teams face Alabama, I'm talking about teams in the SEC. They like, are literally know, like, yo. We just don't want to get embarrassed. Like, man, let's just let's just try to compete and keep it close. That's yeah. how you want teams coming into Notre Dame Stadium to feel. Like, teams hey, coming into Notre Dame feeling like, oh, we can get them. We can, we can get them. We can and get that's them. That's the problem. And that's a problem. That's a problem. Like, no one should be Toledo should not be walking into Notre Dame Stadium feeling like they can get us. We can get them. We got we got some plays up for them. We we gonna you know. Toledo lost to Northern Illinois at their homecoming. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> they mean, lost their homecoming. Does that mean that Northern Illinois is playing with us? <laughs> right. That's what college football is saying. That's what man. that's what the playoff committee is saying. They look at Toledo's schedule like, man, Northern Illinois probably could have gave Notre Dame a game. 
Seriously. <laughs> like, and this was Toledo at home. We had them at home. Yes. At home, they were doing this to us. Yeah. So, oh. man, we thank everybody that's watching today for the wrap-up show. We will have the slant for you on tomorrow. We'll have the slant for you tomorrow. We will put somebody on the petty train. So if you have someone from this weekend that did something, said something that you felt like was petty and they deserve to be thrown on the petty train, the conductor of the petty train, he can't be nominated anymore, is Brian Kelly. (laughs) He gave us so much content the first four or five weeks of the season, being so petty in his press conferences that, hey, he can't be nominated, but if you have someone you want to nominate, throw it in the comments. Hit us up on our Twitter or Instagram at Lucky Lefty Pod and let us know who deserves to be nominated for the Petty Train. And we'll put them on board on the slant tomorrow. We're going to record the slant tomorrow during the day. And then we'll have our college football playoff live show tomorrow night. I know people think Notre Dame should move up to like six, five, but. I think it's going to be like a, a one bump. That's it. Yeah, it will be like seven or something. Seven, you're going to get that one bump. Because they can't they can't put us over Cincinnati yet. So we only go no. – we'll be five by the end. No. We'll, we'll be seven they right can't. now. They can't. They can't. I will they, say they, this, though. I will say this. And we might get to this on the slant, but – you tell me which one was worse. James Franklin's decision to go for it, the fake field goal on fourth down, or, or your boy Bronco Mendenhall going for fourth and long against Notre Dame from the fake punt. Like, I mean, his fake field goal, and then going to formation with Jay Foreman trying to run for a first down on fourth and long. Look, man, at least I, you know what I can rock with? Because I think at that time, when James Frank James Franklin makes that call, it's still early in the game, and he's trying to cut it to a one point game. I don't like it because it's fourth and one. You don't got yeah. no other play, right? Like, if, really, that's case, you, <laughs> if that's the case, you're on the goal line. Just go for it. Yeah, you ain't. If, I don't understand the the situation wasn't the right move to make. I can right. get like. You know, it's overtime, right. and I'm trying to go tie it up to go to the next overtime, and you right. make it you go in the game. Right. But this fourth and one, you couldn't. You really are that desperate to where you like, we can't get one, y'all. We got a big field no. goal, bring a whole sideline unit out to no. That's just yeah. And, and almost, I almost don't fault Bronco Mendenhall because it's like at that Ooh, point in the game. Bronco, Bronco knew, like, you know, this is over, man. Like, yeah. Let's see let's, if we can compete. This is a, it's a morale booster for the team. Let's you see know, if we can get it. If we do, maybe we score a touchdown. If we don't, hey, you know, they're going to score on us anyway. So he's looking forward to it. I'm telling you, if you go back and listen to Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall the entire week leading up to Notre Dame game, him, him and his coaching staff, all they thought of, they were totally on pit. Like, mm-hmm. look, our ACC title hopes are the very next week against Pitt. So regardless of what happens against Notre Dame, 
and this would be the second week, right? Yeah. I, I told y'all might have to nominate Bronco Mendenhall for the petty train, but I'm gonna stop that. He's not petty, he's just delusional. And this is what I mean by that. They asked him whether or not he felt like his defense had improved since the BYU game. And he said, yes, I think we proved. I think it showed that we proved holding him to 28 points. And I'm like, this dude doesn't even realize. <laughs> that we, we, that's what we do regularly. <laughs> you remember, but even more than that, you remember, you remember Fast and the Furious, right? Yeah. I was like, I think it was five, fast, uh, fast five when they were in Brazil, right? Mm-hmm. And Dom races Brian and Brian wins, right? They have a bet for a million. Brian wins and they get back to the garage and he's like smiling and everything. And Tyrese and the other dude are laughing at him and they're like, shake their heads. And they're like, what? And he's like, dude, he lets you win. He took his foot off the <laughs> Like, and that's that's what I want to. I want to call. I really, literally want to text Bronco Mendenhall. Like, bro, yeah, look, you did not hold Notre Dame at twenty eight. We held ourselves to twenty eight. They, 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 they literally took their foot off the gas. Yeah, when like, you face Kenny Pickett and Pitt, a team that's gonna come at you full board. You'll yeah, see yeah, once you again. Be surprised? Don't surprise yourself like don't, that. Don't be surprised. Well, you yeah, see you saying, like, we should have, we held Notre Dame to, <laughs> right. Notre Dame not a team to be saying, oh, we held them to something because we only going to try to keep it close. <laughs> right. Adario Jones, like, dude, we see what you're talking about. He's saying that he felt like the 2012 team should have competed yes, against Alabama. Do you realize their team had a bunch of pros that are pros now? All yeah. pros? <laughs> Go back and look at the team. Go back and look at the tape. Okay. We were afraid to tackle Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy. Okay. I mean, they Eddie were running Lacey up the middle. Bigger, Eddie Lacy was bigger than any linebacker we had. Yeah, t- Manti didn't want no look. Okay. Manti was great. But Lewis, Nix, no Lewis Nix was smaller than anybody they had on the offensive line. Yeah, this they're all this, <laughs> That's they crazy. Know. Think about that. Lewis Nix was smaller. Anybody yeah, they had, had Cooper, yeah, they had what? Come on, listen. Was they was running through the. They didn't. Y'all got to remember the game. Alabama didn't run no trick. Nothing. They no. was running high formation through high the middle, and the then when that got a little clogged, or when they got tired yeah. of running, they ran play action one on one to wide open guys. To Amari. Amari, why? Wide open. And then if it wasn't wide open, it was one-on-one. Yeah. So this that was the easiest game plan they probably had the whole season. So it wasn't like we'd never had a chance. And remember that halftime, Coach Kelly was himself was like, look, we're just trying to get out of here. <laughs> we just Fact. trying to we just trying to ease this one out because this is so it's like, I mean, did it have to be the blowout that it was, no. No, you we know. had chances, but after a while, hey, it was like Devaris, Devaris ball that night. Devaris had a man, what Devaris? That's why he was about to be number one receiver next year. Yeah, Devaris ball, EG, EG ball. He did do good. He was he was he running just, for it his life. Too, it was just too much that he had to overcome. Yeah. 
I mean, Alabama was getting on the field every time, ripping off crazy explosive plays, scoring every time. Yeah. Running through everybody's tackle. Like, it was stupid. <laughs> and that so offensive line that year was really kind of like, that's when Notre Dame was like in its infancy of becoming O-line you. Right. It Zach was just Martin, you had Chris Watt. You had some, you had some guys, but I mean the guys you got one, that. I understand why from a perception standpoint, why Dario might feel that way. Because we walk into Norman and we do to the Oklahoma Sooners what Alabama did to us. Right? Oh, yeah. We just lined up. But we was better than them, though. Yes. That's the <clears> difference. <throat> we were better than Oklahoma. That's the Alabama, we wasn't better than on paper. We were good. Yeah. But it's like that's the difference between us and those teams, just like the girls' basketball team. UConn at a certain level was here. Mm-hmm. We were here, but everybody else was way down there. It wasn't until we got Enrique and Google Wilder. How you say it last name? You did. Enrique was literally. The difference maker. Yes. Like the tipping point. One person. We was Buffett McGraw was good every we had K Mac, Jewel, Natalie O'Chamba. We had everybody. Skylar right. Diggin. Right. But Rike was the, the biggest and only difference. And the right. crazy part is she's doing it now. Yeah. She's Shout out to Skylar. Shout out to Skylar Diggins. Sorry, we had to break a heart. Candace Parker had to come back home and break a heart this year, you know, but try next year. Yeah, you know. I, 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 it hurt to see a, you know, Notre Dame alum get, get dragged. You know, we kind of, kind of beat them bad. Yeah. In the final. We beat them bad there in the finals, but <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is. But shout out to, shout out to what uh, Coach Ivy is doing this year. Man, Coach Ivy's got the recruiting going. Good win against Syracuse last night. That's right. uh, First game win for uh, Notre Dame basketball. And, uh, the man, they got a freshman, that Wesley kid. With him, Trey Words, my boy Dane Goodwin, who's a bulldog. Like, Yeah. We got got some potential now. And, you know, the the, uh, transfer from Yale in the post. Man, he's sweet with both hands, can shoot the rock. We might, sneak, we might sneak around and get in that elite eight, like we, hey, like man, we did look, I, 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 I look, Notre Dame's gonna be good. Yeah, but that Paulo kid from Duke. Oh yeah, pa- oh he's he's, a, he's a walking twenty-two, seven and seven or something. Hey, hey man, let me tell you something. Put he, he's you might hate Duke. Understand, you're a Notre Dame fan. You probably hate Duke basketball. The man like seven feet tall. All I'm saying is just watch one half of this kid play. He's way better than what Zion was from a, a skill standpoint. Package. Hell yeah. Yeah, he just he may not be exciting like he's a not man. as impactful though. Oh no. No, he's not. No, you're not gonna get that pizzazz. He's just basic. This dude is just bait, man. Yes. This dude is like the the Tim Duncan of the ACC right now. Like, oh man, and making it look so good, just easy, just easy. Seven seven feet, got a nice stroke. Yeah, he's nice. 
And it's crazy these kids are that good. I feel like he should have went to the G League, you know. <laughs> hey man, we got a question from you see it at, at the bottom there, man. Somebody, you know, if you want to plead the fifth, it's cool. Go ahead and plead the fifth. Do you think uh man? I don't know. I think that his best chance of winning championship at that time was with me, just because of how the team was going at that time. I think you know he made a, a decision that was more for him looking good in his resume than it was at the time for what we could have been and should have been. But shoot, once I saw stuff like that happen, I was like, man, another chance at going somewhere else and do over and potential play SEC and all the other things. I mean, you know, I graduated too, so it was just a good, uh, good chance to move on. <laughs> Oh man, that was man, that was very diplomatic, bro. Uh, diplomatic, man. So yeah. my, tool, my boy tool worker, I, I'm I'm gonna give you what you probably are looking for as a fan from the outside looking in. And at that point in time, I actually had some some people that I knew around the program. Um Lefty had the locker room, bro. Yeah, we had it. Lefty had the locker room. You understand? And performance, guys will always rally behind performance. So the guy that came in performed, they rallied behind him. But, you know, that guy didn't have the same leadership traits. It just didn't. Yeah, and he showed. I mean, shoot, look, I, and, at the end of the day, for all the things that Coach Kelly likes in the quarterback, at that time I was doing. I didn't have no turnovers. I was undefeated as a starter. I, I didn't like whole game MVP. I didn't like your usage and how you were using that Texas game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it was a clear difference now between the yeah. first Texas game yes. and the next Texas game. Totally so unfair. Totally once that unfair. happened, I was like, this is all a game. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. game within the game, yeah, and it just was time to move on. Man. Yeah, so there you go. You got a diplomatic answer, and then you, <laughs> you got a little deeper answer that's like, yeah, man. <laughs> y'all see it, you know, y'all see it. And they were on something. It's all good. It's all good. No doubt. That's why you know you go to one of our first, the very first show that we actually did together. Uh, tool worker. I flat out asked Malik, yo, when you pull up, you're out in LA, you know what I'm saying? You and your girl are chilling. You go to a nice spot downtown LA. You run into Deshaun. What do you tell him? <laughs> you know? And flat out, flat out, Malik was like, yo, tell him. Like, you know. You know I would have got you. Yeah, that's it. That's you know it. I would have got you in 16 if I didn't get hurt. That's it. And the whole Sean Watson story might have been totally different. College football will be all different. He needs to cut you a check. And that's real. He needs to cut you you a check for not playing in that game. College football will be (laughs) – careers will be different. He probably wouldn't even be in the trouble he's in now, man. You would have saved him from all that I would have saved him before he would have even knew he liked massages. Yo, this has been the wrap-up show. Once again, Notre Dame 28-3 over Virginia. Hey, 
I don't know. I, I'm trying not to troll, as people say. Um, we gave you everything. Yeah, we really. You know what? Go ahead and give your grades, man. Just just wrap it up with that, man. Look, go offensive side, quarterbacks. What you got? Everybody got to be for business as usual. I'm I'm still waiting to see our impressive win. I don't think we've had one all season, and we knew we was gonna win this game. So what else? What else are we supposed to do? <laughs> we do, we knew we was gonna win the game, so right. we did what we were supposed to do, and you can't give nothing lower than the seat because we we won the game. So. All right, everybody gets to be even with eight sacks on the defensive side. This is a team that we didn't think was good anymore. <laughs> Marcus like, Freeman has to get at least a plus. Marcus Freeman for sure, we, but at the end of the day, it's just hard, man. It's it's hard when the teams. We, yeah. we deserve more. We want more. And a shutout would have gave you all A's, but yeah. it just, I mean, you know, for us to openly admit we taking the foot off the gas and we're not worried because your quarterback yeah. hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible to say. That's a fact. That's a fact. Man, thank you for everybody that watched today. We'll be back live tomorrow with the slant and also in the evening. The slant's going to be tomorrow afternoon, and then in the evening we'll have a college football playoff live show with the reveal of the rankings for week three of the college football playoff rankings. I want you to go ahead, if you want some great talk about expectations and taking the next step with Notre Dame, man, go ahead, send this link to all of your friends and see what they got to say. Absolutely. Like, this was about as open as a conversation as you're going to have about Brian Kelly expectations. Notre Dame football. Yeah, man. Look at here. Understand what you have as a fan base and, and request more. Because when you have this type of a big time brand as a fan base, you have the right to expect and request more. That's right. Than what we saw right. on Saturday night. Don't waste my time on a Saturday night like that. Don't yeah, do don't, don't, don't have me waiting and, and do telling all my girlfriend to be quiet so we can watch the game for us to be boring like that. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, Dario, for our basketball, uh, Dario Jones makes a good point. North Carolina is going to be good. Yeah, yeah. 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 They got height. Dog. They always got good height. And Baycott in that paint, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I get to actually uh, – I was thinking about driving up to Milwaukee to watch my line out at night. They take on Marquette. Oh, but the shit. big boy, the big boy, is suspended one more game mm. for selling his jersey two weeks before you know the rule went into effect <laughs> for the NIL. I'm like, That's come on, so man, crazy. really, That's really? Crazy. Are you gonna suspend this dude for three games? And, and now it's free. He can do it right now. That's the sick thing. Really? He can do it right now and be no unsuspended. And they, and he had to pay a fine. I wouldn't. Have, I would have fought it to the end, man. Man, you think? That's all right. First game back, sign that jersey and sell it. Yeah, take, all on the floor. Floor. take the jersey off after the game and sell it right then and there. Let them know. Yeah, so everybody, subscribe, like, share. Send this link of today's podcast to everybody that you know. Let them know, like, yo, this is one of the most engaging conversations about Notre Dame's fan base and how we need to react to where things are with this program. All right? So for my man. Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik, the original Lucky Left and himself. I'm Sean Davis. We've been featured and brought to you by Nora Whiskey, the original 
American whiskey. You need some. Get it That's in your it. life. Honorwhiskey.com. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow afternoon for the slant. Bid you do. Peace.